Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show is made possible by our patrons. If you want to monetarily support the show, we're at patreon.com slash two towns over. If you can't support us financially, then you can support us algorithmically by liking, rating, and sharing. Thanks. Enjoy the show. <laughs> um, how's Cindy like in the One Piece? Uh, she was enjoying it until we lost Netflix. Oh yeah, Netflix is trash now. I forgot. Yeah, I'll sign in on your laptop before you leave. Mm. Oh but yeah, we'd have to watch it on Wi-Fi. my laptop. Huh? We'd have to watch it on my laptop though, wouldn't we? Just plug the HDMI cord from. You said your Xbox is in the living room. Yeah. Plug the H. Take the HDMI cord out of the back of your Xbox. Yeah. Plug it into your laptop. Ah, uh, no, we won't worry about it right now. We we'll we'll get back. We'll end up getting it on DVD. We always do. It will Why? probably never come to DVD. Why it's a Netflix? It? Netflix doesn't do DVDs. Yeah, they do. Every Stranger Things and Cobra Kai, it's all on DVD. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I was going to buy the first three or four seasons of Cobra Kai not too long ago. Ah. But I ended up putting it down because Target did its little thing where it put it in the wrong place. So even though it said like $15, it was like $45. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I want you to watch the One Piece live action with Cindy. I we will. No, don't. Now. You have to catch this wave. I'm telling you. I was going to say this earlier when we were talking about it before the other recording, but um, <clears throat> it's, it, the One Piece live action is turning out to be the next... Stranger Things, the next Game of Thrones. Like, you're going to want to be up on it because people are going to spoil the fuck out of it if you don't. But not only that, it's just, it's a moment in time. It's the same reason I did watch Game of Thrones at the same time as everyone else. It became a big enough wave that not even I could be like, fuck you, I'm going to watch it in a year. Like, I had to watch it when it was coming out because everybody was fucking talking about it and I was missing out on a cultural moment. And that's what's happening right now. So I want y'all to be a part of that. And also, it's really good. <laughs> we got to see the second episode. We watched the whole Buggy episode. That's was great. I'm that's really good. hoping that they bring Buggy back. I hope that's not... Can't say much. Mm. Anyways. So welcome, everybody, to Two but, Towns Over. I will say he's a beloved fan favorite. Okay. Because I like the guy they got playing him. He did he's so job. fucking good. Yeah. Anyways. I... I I did know their names last week. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because I looked him up because I was editing the, the I, And One he's Piece. nobody major. Yeah. I love that they got so many basically new yeah. people. So much fresh talent. Also, you don't know who this is yet, but I think she comes in episode three. In the manga, it's a, a guy, but it doesn't fucking matter. Sham in the TV show, turns out. Also hot. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cindy was all about Nami. Bruh, you're, you're goddamn right. Line. <laughs> oh, like. But she also thought that Zoro was badass too. She she like Zoro, Zoro was, was equally sexy. Well, she Ooh. wasn't so much a sexual thing with Cindy. It was more badassery. Oh, well, it's not really sexual for me for either one of them. I just think they're both hot as fuck. You just want to be dominated by? Nah, no, I'm black. Well, <laughs> fun domination. That's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben, Ruben. Uh, so I, I, I started <laughs> playing a character in a fighting game that had a, a a move where she could put a leash on the person that she was fighting. Yeah. And Ruben said that for reasons uh, that did not need to be explained, both political and social, I was not allowed to use that move on him. That is correct. <laughs> if I'm not using a black character, fine. But like <laughs> Nagoriyuki is off fucking limits. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, welcome everybody. Two towns over. Uh, gonna jump in before it becomes another One Piece episode. Uh, we're gonna continue with uh, the story of Alfred Packer. Um, when we last left off, the bodies had just been found and completely. Uh, if you like me, frequently um, forget that things existed, 
when you're not hearing them exactly right now. Uh, Josh just said I, last night. I, I we were partying up, and I he was like, I was like, what are we recording tomorrow? He was like, oh yeah, um, the Colorado Cannibal episode two, and I was like, uh, remind me again. And he went, you know, that idiot. And I immediately remembered. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, I, I don't remember if we go back into uh, detail, but just to be on the safe side, trigger warning. Yo, uh, what? She is. I told you, dumb hot. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. How do you not know? Haven't you watched the whole series already? Yeah, but yes, the, the but costume, boy, oh boy, did she not look like this? The costume makes her like the costume is androgynous as fuck. To the point where when she came on screen the first time, I went, what a non-binary icon. I was <laughs> like, hell yeah, that's my, I want that. Like, So yeah, so I am Father Donathan. Um, I don't know, man. I'm the <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Rascal later. I don't know, fuck it. <laughs> that's, no, that's really good. Uh, I'm Josh, also known as Loverboy McStinky Pants. Oh, All right. Good shit. So like I said, where we left off, Alfred, the uh, bodies of Alfred Packer's victims had been found and flew in the face of what Alfred had described. He had described that over the course of time, oh, they'd all I'm, been eaten. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Reuben, the careless whisper. Anyway. <laughs> but all the bodies had been found in one place. Now, the state of the bodies immediately contradicted Packer's version of events. They were all together in one spot, not scattered across miles. Both Humphrey and Noon had large portions of remaining flesh, muscles, and organs. No, no, no. He said he carried all the meat that he could take with him. So clearly he carried five, five grown men yeah. on his own <laughs> through the wilderness for a month. Right. Um, uh, so, yeah. So they Humphrey and Noon had large portions of remaining flesh, muscle, organs, etc. that could have been consumed long before Bell succumbed to the madness of hunger and attempted to murder Packer as he had claimed. The men had tattered clothes lashed to their rotting feet, which had been replaced, which had replaced the shoes that they had eaten in their desperation. So that part was true then that they, they did had, eat the shoes. Yes. So also, uh, Josh, last week you said when we were like, Oh, so he is a mass murderer. Yeah. The bodies were in differing states of decay. Noticeable by people in the 1800s, like without modern. So yeah, methods. so there was. So there, there is still a chance that it was a serial killing. Yeah, it was. How many people? Five. Five. Mm -hmm. Depending on how much of a different, you know what I'm saying? If it was, yeah, because you can notice a couple of days. Well, they said difference. that uh, Bell still looked fairly fresh. That's what I mean. Is like Bell was fairly fresh. Some of them had no skin on their face. Right. Like. Well, but also they had been picked out by animals. Yeah. But still, that, that, that shows that there had to have been a time difference. It, it doesn't have to be, like, it doesn't have to be much of a time difference. Because yeah. a mass murderer... You mean serial if, killer? No, no, no. Oh. If, uh, like, if... A, well, yeah, kind of, from the opposite direction. If a serial killer is, what, uh, you know, three murders separated f f over more than a month, and yes. they're separate incidents. Right. That means that a mass murderer... If you are going to murder three people in a week, and it's part of the same reason, but you murder murder them each two days apart, it's still a mass murder, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, so that could have been what happened. Like, he could have been like, today I'm going to kill you, three days from now I'm going to kill him, and it's all because I want to, like, or whatever it is. Like, Or it could be that he got he killed the first one and then was like, cool down. Hey, actually, I kind of like that. Let's do that again. A couple of times, you know what I mean? It, it's dicey. You, yeah. you never, you, you might never know. Probably. Yeah. So, I mean, we will never know for sure. Yeah. So a beaten path went from the resting place of the corpses to a crude shelter that was used by Packer, and there was evidence to suggest that the deaths had occurred before supplies were totally exhausted. Within the shelter were possessions of the men which Packer had left behind. Now, the theory at the time was that Packer killed these men before supplies ran out to rob them of their possessions, got snowed in, and then lived in his makeshift shelter for months, walking to his slain companions and slicing meat off as needed. Preston Nutter accompanied the party to the site and identified the I bodies as too. belonging to the five missing men. 
A rifle, broken in two, was found close to the bodies. Owing to the damage apparent on their remains, it is presumed that it was used to bludgeon one or more of them. Jesus. Their remains were buried at the site by officials, and a search party, the search party returned to Packer's makeshift jail to confront him, only to find him missing. It's always shitty to be a victim of gun violence when there wasn't even a trigger pull involved. <laughs> I feel like probably they shot both of the rifles. Everybody missed. And homie was like, you know what? Fuck you. And just went in for the bat swing. Yeah. He was a melee build. Yeah. I mean, he was overpowered for it. You know, way overleveled. So the jail in question was little more than a log cabin located. <laughs> His survival was a negative two. Yeah. Couldn't track for shit. No. But, you know. But he took he took the cannibalism perk. And, and so he could eat human flesh. Yep. So the jail in question was little more than a log cabin located on ranch property belonging to the Saguache County Sheriff. Months had passed with no definitive evidence of a crime having been committed. No bodies had been discovered and no formal charges were lodged against Packer other than the attempt on Lauder's life, which was not tenaciously sought for prosecution and used more as a means to keep him under custody. Saguache County authorities were reportedly not happy about taxpayer dollars being spent so exorbitantly on keeping Packer housed and under constant guard. He was allegedly passed a makeshift key for his irons and given some supplies and easily escaped. Even so, nearly the entirety of Saguache was convinced, either through rumor or rational deduction, that Packer was guilty of either robbery or murder. Both. So basically, the town let him go because they didn't want their money paying to keep him? Right. Basically. Uh, go, go eat some more people, buddy. <laughs> so his life was threatened constantly by the nearby townspeople. Packer never divulged who helped him escape, how this was achieved, or why. It was presumed that his guard had been bribed by Packer himself or by someone else. Hey, buddy, they let me keep the wallet. I'll give you like $7. Give me out <laughs> it's 18-something. <laughs> so the generally accepted theory at the time was that Packer had attached himself to the party under highly overstated qualifications of being a mountain guide, familiar with the area in order to accompany the men to Breckenridge, and had, at best, led his party to miserable deaths due to gross incompetence. This was enough of a crime in itself as far as the local population was concerned. However, an ultimately more popular theory was that he had set out with his party of five men from Ore's camp with a premeditated plan to lead them into the wilderness where he would kill and rob them. Nutter and Lautzenheiser made it a personal mission to discredit Packer's alleged qualifications from being a guide, let alone a mountain guide, pointed out all of his character flaws that had they had come to know and stressed his numerous different stories and inconsistencies. They were like, wait, don't forget, this man is incompetent. <laughs> but then you, you can't really say, it's like the whole Biden thing, you know, Biden's incompetent, but he's a criminal mastermind. So you can't say this guy's incompetent and a criminal mastermind who was able to murder five men. I didn't say he was a criminal mastermind. I said he was incompetent. He can still be a murderer. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not a mastermind. So local papers picked up the story and the incident received constant coverage. With it, it would also be easier if, like the previous week, you, you were telling us, they described him as a glut, like he would eat extra food right. and shit like that. So he's in better shape than them. This is true. So have you seen the Netflix documentary Mastermind? Is that the one about the... The guy with the, the bomb call? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody involved in that story was a fucking idiot. True. Don't go too far, because I do want to do that story one day. Okay. So, gotcha. But yeah. Yeah. Well, it's everybody involved was an idiot. Right. And still, the plan looked like a mastermind True. had been behind it. Like an actual supervillain. I don't know what that's we'll, about we'll uh, do that story at some point yeah it's a, it's a really good one really good docuseries actually yeah. i might rewatch that so local papers picked up the story and the incident received constant coverage with highly sensational headlines many negative comments regarding packer's character that was that was <laughs> and highly imagined theories that grabbed both national and international attention now, regardless Damn. yeah international attention in the 1800s huh yeah. holy shit so regardless as to how it may have happened, nearly the entire population of Saguache, and soon nearly the entire country and beyond, found that Packer's culpability for his party's death was beyond doubt. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the cannibalism aspect of his charges, although shocking, was not necessarily the foremost issue of his guilt. People at that time were well acquainted with the story of the ill-fated Donner Party, uh, who had res- who had resorted to cannibalism during the winter of 1846 and 1847. God damn, the Donner Party is definitely not what I was associating with <laughs> yeah, those words no. at all. And were understanding to a degree uh, of the dire need to eat in the unforgiving wilderness. Additionally, cannibalism was not, then or now, illegal in the United States unless one committed murder in order to obtain the flesh to be consumed. Yeah, it's it's kind of a legal loophole that means if you're dying in the wilderness in our country and it comes to that, it's not illegal. Right. You are yeah. absolved of that as a crime. It is not one. If you I mean, murdered a man, you murder then you to get there. are a criminal and you should die probably or go to jail at least forever. So even if the accused actually did kill the person, that killer would be charged with murder with the cannibalism itself being charged as the desecration and or abuse of a corpse. Yeah, very important distinction. Yeah, so Packer would claim for the remainder of his life that he had been unjustly vilified and convicted for engaging in cannibalism rather than for cold-blooded murder, which he continued to deny ever having committed. In the end, it came down to one question. Did five men die due to incompetence or greed? Either way... I feel like it still should count as murder because at a certain point, your incompetence is malicious. It just is. Yeah. Well, yeah they even have, what is it? Um, murder by, not murder by incompetence. Murder, gross negligence. Gross negligence. Yeah. 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 So on March 11th, 1883, Packer was discovered by Jean Frenchy Cabazon in Cheyenne, Wyoming, living under the alias of John Schwartz. One of the original members of the Utah Mining Company who stayed in Chief Ore's camp in the winter of 1874. Cabazon was himself a member of the original party of men who left Provo and wisely decided to stay put in Chief Ore's camp. He was like, actually, I'll catch y'all on the flip side. It's yeah. only here. Yeah I, yeah, I don't need all that gold. So later, safe, later safely making his way to their destination with Bob McGrew. Homie was like, if there's as much as they say there is, we're good. We yeah. should chill. <laughs> So yeah, later safely making his way to their destination with Bob McGrew, the crime kangaroo, and Thank Preston you. Nutter's party. <laughs> Magoo and Nutter, man. I They're truly the dynamic duo of the 1800s. I also, I realized, is it McGruff the crime dog? Yes. Yeah. That doesn't rhyme. No. <laughs> Why did I make it rhyme? Because it's funnier. It, it, you're right. It is. Yeah. So if, he, if, it, if it were McBog the crime dog, it would be better. Yeah. Uh, McGruff is fun, though, because he's a McRuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so wait, how do we turn? What what sound do kangaroos make? Just, uh, just the sound of flesh on flesh as they kick you directly in yeah. the face. <laughs> yep. Or the sound of a drowning victim. Uh-huh. Because kangaroos will drown things. Yeah. You included. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're really good at it. There's, that's one of their main tactics. So, um, Frenchie encountered Packer by chance when Packer approached him looking to buy some supplies. Cabazon reported Packer to the local sheriff who apprehended him and contacted General Adams. The kangaroos are just like deer-sized rabbit hybrids that also perked into boxing <laughs> i was gonna say well as as we know from the documentary kangaroo jack um they're very good at boxing they actually they're very strong yeah. they're they're scary looking actually so packer was uh yeah so he was summoned to cheyenne when he confirmed packer's identity and accompanied him by train to denver for his second confession which packer signed on march 16th Packer stated that his main reason for fleeing was out of the fear of mob justice being exacted upon him by the populace of Saguache. I want to wear an old-timey outfit and ride a train to Denver. (laughs) You can do that. I know. Relatively cheaply. I know. (laughs) It sounds fun. Fucking set it up. Let's go. Because the actual crime was committed within the confines of Hinsdale County rather than the neighboring Saguache County, Packer was accordingly sent to Lake City for detention and prosecution. So instead of claiming that the men were gradually eaten as they died until Bell killed Noon. Fuck. And- Sorry, go ahead. 
so instead of claiming that the men were gradually eaten as they died until Bell killed Noon and Packer in turn killed Bell in self-defense, Packer now claimed that Bell had killed the others after Bell had told him to go scouting for any way out of the mountains and to find some food. He had been gone the better part of the day and returned in the late evening. Packer told General Adams, I found the red-headed man, who was Bell, who acted crazy in the morning sitting near the fire roasting a piece of meat, which he had cut off the leg of the German butcher, Miller. The latter's body uh, was uh, lying in the, the furthest off from the fire down the stream. Uh, his skull was crushed in with the hatchet. The other three were lying near the fire. They were cut in the forehead with the hatchet. Some had two or three cuts. I came within a rod of the fire. When the man saw me, he got up with his hatchet towards me when I shot him sideways through the belly. He fell on his face. The hatchet fell forward. I grabbed it and hit him on top of the head. That's a second confession. In the ensuing moments of shooting Bell and going for the hatchet, Packer dropped his revolver in the deep snow and subsequently lost it. He claimed he made himself a crude shelter out of stray logs to combat the snow and wind a ways down from the bodies. Another strong storm set in, and he hunkered down for hours. He was starving and made the decision that he had to eat something or die. He continued, I went back to the fire, covered the men up, and fetched the camp, or fetched to the camp the piece of meat that was near the fire. I made a new fire near my camp and cooked the piece of meat and ate it. I tried to get away every day but could not. So I lived off the flesh of those men the bigger part of 60 days. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So Adams asked Packer why he had not told him this story nine years previous. With Packer replying, I was excited. I wanted to say something, and the story, as I told it, came first to my mind. It was the argument of the prosecution that the only logical reason for Packer to have attempted such a perilous journey was through the mountains with such minimal food and supplies was for the sole purpose to lead the men into the wilderness to both kill and rob them. At the time of Packer's trial, it was reported by the family of Israel Swan that he had left to go on the expedition with around $6,000, which is the equivalent of $155,188 in 2022. In Holy cash. Shit. Yes, in cash. Damn, G. Roll <laughs> oh, actually, deep, in, ho. In like what? It was in <laughs> cash and gold. Fuck wow. me! And that, that, he had a chest of gold! <laughs> uh, and that he also had a valuable Winchester rifle with him, which would give a strong motivation for murder, as well as his senior age of 65 at the time of his death. The other four members may have been either complicit in his murders and later betrayed Damn. by Packer. It's so sad that uh, Jane from Tarzan's dad got killed first. <laughs> um... Yeah, the other four members may have been either complicit in the murder and later betrayed by Packer or were murdered by him for having been witnesses. Packer was not found with any, was not found with any gold on him at the time of his arrest, and although he did have money left, it did not total in the thousands because his spending had been frivolous. Nevertheless, on April 6th, a trial began in Lake City. Packer pleaded not guilty. After seven days of testimonies and examinations, he was found guilty of the premeditated murder of Israel Swan and sentenced to death by hanging, which was scheduled for May 19, 1883. It was presumed that Swan's death had occurred on or around March 11th. I'm sorry, March 1st. It was determined by the prosecution in court that Swan's remains showed signs of a struggle at the time of death and that the others appeared to be killed in their sleep. Mm. And I'm about to rattle off a whole bunch of names, so get ready. Uh, among those who testified on behalf of the prosecution were Otto Mears, Larry Dolan, Oliver D. Lautzenheiser, Good. and Preston Nutter, who acted as the prosecution's key witnesses. According to the local paper, uh, who, which received their quote from Larry Dolan, the presiding judge, M.B. Gary. Dolan, every time you say his name, all I can think about are those um, shitty fucked up disney characters yes oh my god thank you i'm so glad you remember dolan duck yeah 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 i uh, think his name is actually donlin but like i, I, I think it's dolan it is dolan yeah 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 okay so the presiding judge mb gary said stand up you voracious man-eating son of a bitch and receive your sentence yeah yeah yeah, yeah. when you came to hinsdale county there were seven democrats 
But you, you et five of them, goddamn you. I sentence you to be hanged by the neck until you're dead, dead, dead. As a warning again, reducing the democratic population of this country or county. Packer, you Republican cannibal, I will sentence you to hell. But the statutes forbid it. This damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. I don't know which which side of the political spectrum the Democrats and Republicans are on at this point in time. At this time, it's reversed. Okay, so that explains the vitriol. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still powerful. That's still pretty fucking powerful. You, what would he have done if they were Republicans? I don't know. <laughs> Weren't they? Like, any of them? None of them. Okay. Uh, now, court records present Judge Gary's sentence as conventionally apolitical. Um, what? what? The court records actually present a different... This was quoted as what he said, but the actual records state as followed. Alfred Packer, the judgment of this court is that you be removed from hence to the jail of Hinsdale County and there confined until the 19th day of May, A.D. 1883. And on that day, on that said 19th day of May, 1883, you will be taken from thence by the sheriff of Hinsdale County to a place of execution prepared for this purpose. At some point within the corporate limits of this town of Lake City, it is set in the said county of Hinsdale and between the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. of said day, you then and there by said sheriff be hung by the neck until you were dead, dead, dead. And may God have mercy upon your soul. Until you are dead, dead, dead. Yes, three times over. Get shit on shit on shit on, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm for real. That's probably more close to what the judge did say. Um, I don't think... Like, that's the issue, though, is that quote, that quote, to get a little serious for just a second, That is the that is indicative of the problem. Yeah. The overarching one. The us versus them one. The, the, you're on the opposite side of the political spectrum from me, so you must be evil. Uh-huh. And for most people, day-to-day people, they're not really on the opposite side of shit from you. No. They're on the opposite side of the American sociopolitical spectrum. Yeah. But that is a very different battlefield from the actual political spectrum. Like something that uh, my brother and I like to do during family gatherings. My brother and I are on very opposite ends of the political spectrum. But he and I are just about the only two people that are that far apart politically who can regularly have... A dedicated conversation about politics and the state of the world without it turning into an argument or a debate or we just talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we always end up walking away from it with like the sense of, oh, there's more common ground here than not. Yeah, because if you do, if you take out the hatred of it. Yeah. Like, you cannot do that with somebody who is on the right side because they are racist. That's just, that's the, that's a racist. That's yeah. neither, you know what I'm saying? But, like, if somebody is just a normal fucking person and uh-huh. they just believe something so opposite to you, but in the end, but at the end of the day, they still want the same things for them and their family that you want. You just think that you get there differently. That's p- politics. What we call politics in the U.S. is fighting for entertainment. Yeah. And it's ruining the country and probably the world also at the same time. So Packer was spared the death penalty when his lawyers discovered that the murder statutes on the books for 1874 had been repealed and replaced with a savings clause, which spared him from being tried for murder on a technicality. On October 1885, the sentence was reversed by the Colorado Supreme Court based on being based on an ex post facto law, which basically means you can't be tried for a crime that's illegal now, but wasn't illegal back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can't. Uh, crime is not backwards compatible. Right. Yep. 
They had declared that the government could not sentence a man to death for committing a crime if it had indeed occurred before Colorado officially became a state as opposed to a territory. Now, ironically, uh, that whole backwards compatibility thing does not work with uh, getting let out of prison for... Right. Uh, yeah, I should have said the law is not backwards compatible. Right. Because yeah. crime definitely is. If yeah. you commit a crime and the law was already written, of course you're going to get punished for that crime. I mean, you know, I'm I'm referring to... No, I get it. Yeah. There's too many innocent people in prison. Uh-huh. It's a lot of them. So the overturning of his murder... I'm not saying it's most, but it's a significant percentage. Uh, shout out last podcast on the left who has a, a, a non-profit called the Last Prisoner Program. Yeah. Where they collect donations to try and get people's uh, records expunged and people released from prison for nonviolent... I was just going to say, actually, offenses. it might be most if you consider nonviolent drug offenses to yeah. be innocent. Yeah. Because that is like... Literally the majority of people in jail. Mm -hmm. If you're mentally ill or you sell or do drugs, that's really where they put you. I want, when we when we get this show taking off, I want to do shit like that. I yeah, want me to, too, desperately. Yeah, help other people because I don't need a shit ton of money. I am not going to be the guy who's like, you're on death row, I'm going to get you out. Because I don't know enough about the law or like investigations to really that, that's what judge it is, though, for is you, many you, of them. You assemble a team of people who do, and you collect donations for them to do that work. Yeah. Yeah, which that I could do, but yeah. like, I don't know. It's just, I would rather spend my money fighting the fucking death penalty itself. Yeah. Mm. So the overturning of his murder uh, charge and scheduled execution did not spare Packer culpability from the men's deaths, however. A second trial was held in Gunnison following a change of venue for his hearing and was all, that was also granted per the Colorado Supreme Court, as well as having a new judge of Republican Party standing to preside. Pursuant to Packer and his counsel, feeling as though the prejudices and pre-affirmed guilt uh, with, within the community of Lake City, which was mostly made up of Democrats at the time, made it impossible for him to receive a fair and unbiased trial. He again pleaded not guilty. After a swift trial and even speedier verdict deliberation on June 8, 1886, Packer was convicted of five counts of voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to 40 years in prison, eight for That's, each count. This is so not a partisan issue. Like, it's so <laughs> fucking frustrating that they made it one at all, even 200 years ago. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like fucking ridiculous. It that's the tactic, and it's always been the fucking tactic. And stop it. Pick <laughs> something was, new. This was the late 1800s, 1886. Right? 1886. Yeah, because yeah, Colorado was the centennial state. It was officially made a state 100 years after. So 1876. Uh, yeah, like. Don't be mathing on us now. Well, no, because 1776 was when they uh, signed the Declaration of Independence, I do believe. Right, but it, most people can, because I know in 20, or 1976 was the Bicentennial, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, so, gotcha. we, so just we go based off the, is, the Declaration, right. not the... Okay. This podcast is powered by Podbean Podcast Hosting. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast or looking for the best home for your podcast? Check out all the amazing features Podbean offers with unlimited bandwidth and storage for an affordable price. That's right, unlimited. Visit www.podbean.com slash unlimited to check it out today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash unlimited. So yeah, so he got 40 years in prison, eight years for each count, as well as the maximum sentence allowed per count. Now at the time, this was the longest custodial sentencing in U.S. history. Wow. Yeah, 40 years. And that was the longest? That was the longest at the time. In a hundred years of America. Yeah. That surprise right there should tell you we're living in the dystopia you read about in high school. <laughs> yeah. So at the time of his second hearing, local hunters and officials made statements that although the winter of 1874 was one of the worst they had encountered for quite some time, the area of the San Juans where Packer and his party were camped were still pretty active with such large wild game as deer and antelope as well as smaller game. I think America is a better country when it thinks it's behind. 
Yeah. I really That's think fair. it's better when America's the underdog. So there was even a report that the carcass of a deer was found near the campsite. That's when that's when the progressive shit happens, socially mm-hmm. and, like, technologically. Like, those leaps happen when you feel like you need to work for it. Yeah. And we fucking need to work for it right now, y'all, because we're behind. So this is... Uh, so this... This information significantly damaged Packer's claim that the area was so scant with wildlife that the men had to resort to cannibalism quickly. Further emphasis was placed on the fact that Packer's choice to hike through the San Juan Mountains during the middle of winter, where snow depths can exceed more than six feet in a single downfall, coupled with blistering winds and freezing temperatures, was practically suicidal. He had been given a safe route to follow by locals that were next to a main water source that could have yielded fresh fish, if nothing else, as well as to serve to keep them on course. But he perilously chose a mountain path with minimal supplies in the naive belief that it was a faster route. In actuality, the route Packer and his companions took was nearly identical in length to the recommended route, though not in traverse, yet far more dangerous. Now, Packer took the stand in his own defense. His version of the events that took place at the campsite remained relatively the same as his second official version. He made a request that he be charged the 40 years, but only for the death of Shannon Bell, who was the only man that Packer continued to claim to have killed, with the other deaths being beyond his control. His request was denied. All the deaths were in his control. Well, he said that he was gone when the other four died. Regardless, he led them down the worst path. Yeah. That's at the very least... Uh, Negligent. Negligence, yeah. yeah. Um, Malicious re- negligence, I yes. think is what it's called. So his request was denied, and he was sent to serve out his sentence at the Cannon City Penitentiary. Now, Packer filed appeals on his case on five separate occasions and was roundly denied upon every submission. He sent letters to local papers stating that he had been unjustly convicted by an unfair and unsympathetic judicial system and by the ignorant conclusions and judgments of small-minded people. On June 19, 1899, Packer's sentence was officially upheld by the Colorado Supreme Court. Nevertheless, he was paroled on February 8, 1901, following a campaign that was initially spearheaded by an old acquaintance of Packard's named Dwayne Hatch who petitioned for his release for nearly a decade. Packard and Hatch is a fucking morning talk show radio. <laughs> it's a Packard and Hatch show. I'm feeling a little bit peckish. How about you, Hatch? I couldn't be hungrier. <laughs> <laughs> With sound effects. <laughs> it's, it's the Minecraft eating sound. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so he petitioned for his release for nearly a decade before his labors came to the attention of Polly Pry. Packer had served 18 years of his 40-year sentence. Now, an entrepreneurial and resourceful reporter for the Denver Post, Price saw and appreciated the sensationalism of Packer's case and how his story and pre-existing reputation could generate a buzz. She used Packard's service in the Army as a basis to portray him as a common man of the people who got caught in a regrettable situation. A victim of circumstances who did what he had to do to survive and a man who had essentially been crucified for violating civilized sensibilities by having to resort to cannibalism. Her stories on Packer led to a, charge, uh, to a change of heart within the local businesses and people such that a series of petitions and requests made their way to the office of the Colorado governor, Charles Thomas. That was his first mistake. He needed a good PR man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he needed. He needed a PR agent. You said it was a who? But now what? she was a reporter. Polly Pry was a reporter for the Denver Post. Okay, yeah. So he needed a good PR woman. Like you need that if you want to get away with shit, and it's a high profile shit, you gotta have the best PR. Period. You just have to. Uh, don't do crimes, kids. Anyway, <laughs> uh, or only do cool ones. So, yes, the Colorado governor, Charles Thomas, which were still met with strong opposition. Thomas was ultimately, ultimately relented, and his last official act before leaving office was to parole, but not pardon, Packer under the agreement that he would try, not try to profit from his story. After his parole, Packer went to work as a guard at the Denver Post and later as a ranch hand. His employment at the Denver Post came about, many believe, as a direct result of Pry and her employing employers securing his release. Packer had an endearing respect for Pry for his remaining years and referred to her as his liberator. 
Now, after Packer died on April 23rd, 1907, at the age of 65 in Deer Creek, Colorado, the cause of his death was cited as dementia dash trouble and worry. No. <laughs> oh, no. That's lethal? Yes. Yeah, bud. We've oh, known no. that for a long time. Uh, yeah. Although his clinical cause of death has been described as the result of a stroke. Packer is today widely rumored. Probably because he was malnourished. Anyway. <laughs> this is hilarious. Packer is today widely rumored to have become a vegetarian before his death and was reported by those who knew him as a man rich with stories and well-liked by children. He lived modestly and was reported to be a charitable man. I. I. That's a strange legacy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not over. There's more legacy to him. What? Yeah, there's more. No. So Packer was interred in Littleton, Colorado. His grave is marked with a veteran's tombstone listing his original regiment in 1862, which is a, re which is a replacement as his original grave marker was stolen. His first yeah, name is listed duh. as Alfred on his tombstone, as opposed to the actual spelling of Alfred. But he is known to have gone by both in life. He was never successful in getting an official state pardon for his crimes. It's probably because back then, either way you spelled it, they would have still said it Alfred. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. The so the Littleton Cemetery Association cemented over Packer's grave in 1973 to deter grave robbing and vandalism. Now, despite their beliefs that his corpse is intact, claims have been made by Edward Meyer, the vice president of exhibits and archives for the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, that they are in possession of Packer's dissected skull, nah. which they bought from an anonymous party for a report. Really? It's a knot for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which they bought from an anonymous party for a reported sum of $20,000. They may think they have it. That's true. They might think that. No they believe it. Yeah. No statement was made as to how they verified the authenticity of the skull, which is partially mummified, other than to state that the seller's information regarding its origin was sufficient. Now, if the skull in question does belong to Packer, it is presumed that his head was removed from his body shortly or shortly before or after his burial, was then dissected with the brain being removed for study, and was then preserved through an arsenic curing process. Wow. Arsenic. Yeah. It is then said to have fallen into the hands of a traveling sideshow, which displayed it until it was later sold to a private party, who in turn later sold it to Ripley's. That happened more often than you think, you oh, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like... Well, we'll go back to Elmer McCurdy, the uh -huh. episode yeah. we did on him. Yep. Uh-huh. As of 2008, the skull is reported to be at the Ripley's Museum in San Antonio, Texas. You're really good at remembering names. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> um, I, I am when they're... Uh, Famous like skeletons, Alfred Nutter or whatever. Yeah, Preston was... Nutter. Preston Nutter, thank you, and Wilson Heiser. You got to Preston the Nutters. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's dude. I I nuttered those Prestons. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so it's reported uh, to be at the Ripley's Museum in San Antonio, Texas, following its relocation from their New Orleans facility in the wake of Hurricane Katrina. On July 17, 1989, 115 years after Packer consumed his companions, an exhumation of the five bodies was undertaken by James E. Stars. What a fun sentence. <laughs> yeah. Say it again, please. On July 17, 1989, 115 years after Packer consumed his companions, an exhumation <laughs> of the five bodies was undertaken by James E. Stars, then a professor Consume. of law... It's, it's the word consumed <laughs> that really does it for me. Uh, 115 years after he consumed his companions. After yeah. he ate a, a group of thinking men. Yes. No, because that sounds like a fucking... Uh, like... Like an eldritch horror? Like lore of an evil king, yes. Yeah, yeah. 115 yeah. years consumed... after consuming his companions, King Lior. It, he consumed his companions, and people say even 115 years later, he's still trying to eat those grapes. <laughs> like... <laughs> so yeah, so James E. Stars, then a professor of law specializing in forensic science at George Washington University, following an exhaustive search for the precise location of the remains around the area of Cannibal Plateau. Cannibal Plateau. Yes. Nice. So the men's remains were located at the end of a residential driveway of a home that's belonging... That's like naming neighborhoods Plantation. Yeah. Ooh. Like, that's... Yeah. 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 So the men's remains were located at the end of a residential driveway of a home belonging to a local surgeon and were buried only 13 inches below ground. Holy shit. Wow. 
Stars and his colleagues, Walter H. Berkby, concluded regarding the cannibalism, I don't think there will ever be any way to scientifically demonstrate cannibalism. Cannibalism, per se, is the ingestion of human flesh, so you'd have to have a picture of the guy actually eating. Packer never denied cannibalism, so this was not the men's main intent for their investigation. The evidence uncovered was sufficient for Stars to conclude that Packer had indeed murdered his comrades. Stars came away with the belief that Packer more than likely murdered his companions for their belongings and resorted to cannibalism out of necessity rather than intent. The men were reinterred and given a proper burial, complete with funeral rites being read. That sounds right to That's, me. Yeah. That yeah. he murdered them for greed and then ate them out of necessity. Yeah. Yeah. When he that realized a, he got himself fucking lost. Yeah. That is a more... It also... It also... Explains why his lies were bad. Mm-hmm. Because he's trying to think, what's the story that can explain why they're all dead? Uh huh. Why I have their things, and then this other thing happened also. So I'll just right. put that in there. Yeah. But like, it all had to fit. And he's thinking, probably, I can't, I can't tell them. Oh well, I did murder them, but then I didn't eat them until later, though. Right when it when it was bad, you right. know, like he want he can't he has to link the when it was bad to the deaths. Yeah. So exhumation of the skeletal remains showed signs of what appeared to be blunt force trauma to the skulls of two of the men, with no other noteworthy disturbances of their skeletal remains aside from those made during the butchering. All skulls had damage to varying extents of their to their upper craniums, with fabric fibers being found within some of the skulls themselves suggesting that the heads were possibly covered with a blanket at the times of their deaths. The three other skeletons showed defensive signs of hacking marks across the radial and ulna bones of their forearms, Shannon Bell being one, which one could sustain whilst shielding his face and body from an attack. Although Packer claimed that Bell had murdered the others with hatchet blows to the head, in his second version of the story, he never claimed that he had to fight off Bell with the hatchet in any rendition. In one version of the story, Bell had charged at Packer with Swan's rifle, and Packer shot him. In Packer's second official version of the story, he claimed that he finished off Bell with a hatchet blow to the head, but that was the extent of his claim in regards to the hatchet. All five of the skeletons had numerous differing post-mortem injuries to them, including depressed fractures, butterfly fractures, butchering trauma, and hacking trauma, which seems to contradict Packer's claim of minimal cannibalism. Hmm. Now, two skeletons aside from that of Shannon Bell were found to have cylindrical or cylindrical cylindrical puncture wounds in the pelvic bone, which has led some to question if all three marks are the result of the scavenging marks of a bear or even possibly mm. bullet wounds. No definitive conclusions have ever been made to these discoveries. Now, this discovery suggested a scenario in which two of the men were bludgeoned in their sleep by Packer. The three remaining men awoke, and Packer shot them in the hips to incapacitate them, if the punctures are in fact bullet wounds. They then attempted to fight off Packer, who was wielding a hatchet, and he killed them all with blows to the head. He then butchered the men and used their flesh to survive in the snowbound state and during his journey. The differing states of decomposition of the bodies does contradict this theory, though it is plausible. It it would seem unlikely that Packer had shot three of the five men in the hip, which is not by itself an outright kill shot, unless it was, de- it was to debilitate them while he went in for the kill. Further analysis to the, into the entry and exit geometry could be telling as to what the initial cause was, but no such examination has been done to date. His ultimate motivation for the murder has, has been debated heavily and in several possible theories. We've discussed most of those. Yes. So in 1994, David P. Bailey, curator of, the history at, curator of history at the Museum of Western Colorado, undertook an investigation to turn up more conclusive results than Starr's uh, with respect to Packer's claim of having shot Bell. In the Audrey Thralekill collection of firearms owned by the museum... Spell that for me? T-H-R-A-I-L-K-I-L-L. I, I, Thralekill. Wow. Kill. That's fucking yeah. That's a yeah. I yeah. am Olga Thrailkill. That what's her name again? 
uh, Audrey Thrailkill. Audrey Thrailkill is like a half-orc barbarian fighter yeah. hybrid. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sick. Um, so yeah, in her collection Blunt of fire weapons arms, almost entirely. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah. could Audrey be a man's name? I don't know. She could also be, uh, yeah, uh, she could also be an Aarakocra. Yeah. That'd be cool. Aarakocra is just like an eagle person. Yeah. Right. Bird person. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, she, she's a fucking, um, uh, what, what are they called in Zelda? The Rito? The Rito. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in her collection of firearms owned by the museum was a Colt revolver that had reportedly been found at the site of Packer's alleged crime. Exhaustive investigation into the pistol's background turned up documents from the time of the trial. Quote, a Civil War veteran that visited the crime scene stated that Shannon Bell had been shot twice and the other victims were killed with a hatchet. Upon careful study of Bell, he noticed a severe bullet wound to the pelvic area and that Bell's wallet had a bullet hole through it. Mm. Now this seems to corroborate Packer's claim that Bell had killed the other victims and that Bell or that Packer shot Bell in self-defense. By the year 2000, um, so all we know is some people died, two of them probably in their sleep. Yeah. And then Bell fought. Right. That's it. That's what we know. For sure. So Bailey had not yet proven a link between the antique pistol and Alfred Packer. But he discovered that forensic samples from the 1989 exhumation had been archived and analysis since 2001 with an electron microscope by Dr. Richard Dujay uh, at Mesa State University found microscopic lead fragments in the soil taken from under Shannon Bell's remains that were matched by spectrograph with the bullets remaining in what was indeed Packer's pistol. So they were like, yeah, he probably did shoot him, though. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. While it appears certain that at least Bell was shot, the question of whether or not it was in self-defense remains unanswered. In 1958, this is where I say his legacy moves on. In 1958, students at the University of Colorado Boulder named their new cafeteria grill the Alfred G. Packer Memorial Grill with the slogan, Have a Friend for Lunch. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Based. Incredible. Based. Incredible. <laughs> what heroes. I, I, wow. So, students. I, I, I wish I could do some shit like that. God damn it. That's wow. phenomenal. So, that would be like us if we opened up like a Joe Metheny's Meat Hut 2 yeah. you know, electric <laughs> boogaloo or some shit. Like. So, students can order an El Cannibal beef burger. No. And on the wall is a giant map outlining Packer's travels through Colorado. Wow. It has wow. since been, been renamed the Alfred Packer Restaurant and Grill. In 1977, the U.S. Secretary of That's Ag- on the list, right? We're doing oh, that? Yeah. yeah that, that's where? That's the University, cafeteria yeah, in University Boulder. Of, Boulder. Yeah. University of Colorado. Well, Boulder. shit. I don't think you can just waltz into their cafeteria. <laughs> So in 1977, Damn. the U.S. Secretary... We could take a... We could say, hey, listen, we could take a summer course. Yeah, <laughs> something. Like... We got to get in there one way or another. <laughs> if, way or if it's other. a stealth mission, then it's a yeah. stealth mission, but... So in 1977, the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture, Bob Berglund, attempted to terminate a contract for the department's cafeteria food service, but was prevented by the General Services Administration. To embarrass the GSA, Berglund and his employees convened a press conference on August 10th, 1977, to unveil a plaque naming the executive cafeteria the Alfred Packer Memorial Grill, announcing that Packer's life exemplified the spirit and fare of the cafeteria and would serve all mankind. Those Who, cheeky cunts. Who's I behind this? It's students? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only only college students in Colorado. Legends. <laughs> Legendary. So the event was covered on ABC TV Evening News by Barbara Walters. <laughs> wow. The stratagem succeeded, <laughs> and the contracts were terminated soon after, or soon thereafter. Magnanimous in victory, Berglund yielded by, to the bureaucratic objection that the plaque lacked official GSA authorization removed it. Now, the plaque is currently displayed on the wall of the National Press Club, the Reliable Source Members Only Bar. It doubles as a memorial to Stanley Weston, a man who worked at the USDA. Now, the Press Club's hamburger is called the Alfred Packer Burger. Nice. Now, the annual Philadelphia Folk Festival features a dining tent emblazoned with the tongue-in-cheek moniker, the Alfred E. Packer Memorial Dining Hall, serving humanity since 1874. <laughs> wow. And the Packer Saloon and Cannibal Grill is located in Lake City, Colorado. 
that's the one we can go to, yeah. I think. Uh-huh. And now it all comes full circle because I mentioned at the beginning of the last episode, Alfred Packer was responsible for the creation of South Park. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. University of Colorado students Trey Parker and Matt Stone, co-creators of South Park, made a musical comedy called Cannibal the Musical. That's right. Based loosely on Packer's life, with Packer billed as, or with Parker billed as Juan Schwartz, which is a variation of Packer's John Schwartz. The film was released commercially in 1996 by Troma Entertainment and produced as a stage play titled Alfred Packer the Musical. Initially by Dad's Garage Theater Company and by several other theater companies since. Lesser-known film adaptations include The Legend of Alfred Packer and the horror film Devoured The Legend of Alfred Packer. Now, I have to say that Cannibal the Musical, mm-hmm. which I have on DVD, I have had it on DVD since, the, since like, the late 90s. Because, of course, you have. Yes. Of course you have. Um, and it's actually, actually, anybody who wants to see it, it is available on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube. I'm thinking about possibly doing a live watch. Oh, on yeah. Discord and just like a live chat while uh-huh. we're watching it. I'm not sure yet. That probably have to be after the move. Yeah. The movie. That'd be fun for like a Halloween situation. Yeah. The movie is a musical. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, they've done South Park, Book of Mormon. They are musical. Yeah. Well, I was, forget um, that they're the ones that did Book of Mormon. Yeah. I think it was. Blame Canada that got them at the uh, Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where they showed up in Blame Canada. Yeah, in yeah. in yeah. women's dresses on LSD. Yeah, yeah. So they initially the way it started is that Trey Parker needed to do basically he decided to make a movie trailer. Mm-hmm. He was engaged to a woman named Leanne. Mm-hmm. About a month before their wedding, he walked in on her having sex with another man. Uh huh. So wow, that he explains did, a lot about him. Yeah. Yeah. So he created, just as a joke, he created a trailer for a movie called Alfred Packer the Musical. Uh-huh. Never planned for it to be anything. But yeah. he did it literally because in the movie, Alfred Packer has a horse named Leanne. Phenomenal. So he did it literally so he could insert the phrase, I'm Alfred Packer, this is my horse, Leanne. <laughs> it was literally a fuck you to his ex fiance. But everybody liked what they saw. Uh-huh. So they said, you need to make this a movie. So he went, him and his friends, Matt Stone, uh, Dean Bacar, which I don't know if you've ever seen Basketball. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. played Squeak. Okay. He's a good friend of theirs. He's been in almost everything they've done. Um, they actually went and filmed this musical. And the whole concept, it, it, Alfred Packer is actually played more as a naive, gentle soul. In, sure. In it who doesn't know what he's doing and just kind of gets caught up in everything. Um, But yeah, the whole, uh, his horse runs away. Uh They wake up one morning and his horse isn't there. And he literally had another line that said, um, because somebody says maybe they just, she just ran away. And he goes, no, we're friends and friends don't do that. And he literally did that. So his ex-girlfriend would hear that. Uh Funnily enough, she ended up being the choreographer for the last number, Hang the Bastard. Leanne did? Yes. She ended up being the choreographer. And what's great is on the DVD, and they actually have it on YouTube as well, they did, like everybody that was in the movie, for the most part, did commentary for the DVD. Uh Uh-huh. But being Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they did it their way. Yeah. They had bottles of tequila. Oh, yeah. And they were just taking shots. Uh Uh-huh. And so literally by the end of the movie, they're not even talking about the movie anymore. They're They're talking about- Yeah, they're talking about what titty bar they're going to go to Uh when they get done. But yeah, so there is a movie, Alfred Pack, or Cannibal the Musical now. It was released by Troma, which, you know, Troma's, you get the idea of what kind of budget it was. Still, it's great. Yeah. And, and Israel Swan was actually murdered because he was always happy and everybody was miserable. And uh-huh. so he started singing, Let's Build a Snowman. <laughs> and later on, you know, they're all like, shut the fuck up. And later on, he tries to reprise it, and someone just shoots him in the head to shut him up. Nice. And that's so. Anyways, getting back, I just that's one of my favorite. Loosely based, very loosely yeah. based, yeah, yeah, very very loosely based. So the 1999 Czech horror movie Ravenous is also loosely based on the story of Alfred Packer. Now, folk singer Phil Ox wrote the song "The Ballad of Alfred Packer," documenting the events of the expedition and its aftermath. Ox's use of humor in the song is typical of the seemingly lighthearted, ongoing attitude toward Packer and his alleged crimes. Why? How? I don't know. Like, 
because there was never definitive. There's still that. I guess. And, you know, people, they're always, I mean, look how many times that we've made celebrities of people who do stupid shit. Stupid, yes. Atrocious? Nah. But, um, so yeah. Although the track never appeared on any of Ox's studio or live album releases, it has appeared on several compilations issued since his death in 1976. Like, I would understand if he was already a celebrity and then he did a cannibal. Yeah. And people were like, hey, that's wild. But no, he's just famous for eating people. Uh Uh-huh. So country artist C.W. McCall, who wrote the song Convoy... Nice. Uh, recorded a track on his album, The Real McCall, titled Coming Back for More, which revived the legend and implied that Packer's ghost still haunts Lake City. Now, the American death metal band Cannibal Corpse dedicated their debut album, Eaten Back to Life, to Packer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the following statement can be found on the inlay of this album. This album is dedicated to the memory of Alfred Packer, the first American cannibal. Rest in peace. And Macabre, the self-proclaimed murder metal band from Chicago, released a song about Packer's Trek for Gold called In the Mountains on their 2002 Morbid Campfire Songs album. And that takes us out of the story. So, yeah, his legacy still remains. In so many different ways. Yeah, some kind of cool, some... (sighs) Some confusing. Yeah, but... Uh, Potentially upsetting, even. Yeah. What a fucking wild life yeah mm-hmm. that's why i knew eventually i was gonna have to tell this this story what an insane legacy also <laughs> yep i hate to say that my introduction to alfred packer was cannibal the musical now that checks out yeah. for you but that tracks no you come over <laughs> and watch repo with me you not no repo is fucking amazing and I don't repo care is you... phenomenal repo's great <laughs> Yes, and we're talking about Repo the Genetic Muse Opera, not Repo with Jude Law. I still do fuck with the Jude Law one, though. It's the, I saw that first. Yeah. And I saw it in theaters, and it was revolutionary to me. <laughs> like, in that one, it's very different. That it's a, They're literally reclaiming organs. Yeah, that's what happened yeah. in Repo. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, like, it's less... It's less fun. It's more of a straight up action yeah. sort yeah. of deal. Yeah. But so yeah. So like that... Jude Law stabs a man in the chest like in the first ten minutes to get the heart out and shit. Yeah, and so shit. does whoever played the repo, repo man. And... Which was actually Terrence Dunnich. I can never remember his name, yeah. but he was great. He was oh, one yeah. of the best performers in the show. Oh yeah. But uh so yeah, so that wraps up Damn, Alfred I Packer. That happened. I'm sorry. Uh, next week we will do Amanda Knox as promised finally. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we're quickly barreling towards massive upheaval. Yeah. But uh-huh. yeah. we'll work it out. And then not too long after that, it's our turn. Yeah. But at least that will God bring willing. everything back together. <laughs> yeah. For a while, we're going to have to do remote yeah, I know. recording. And we'll see how that's going to go. Yeah, we will. It's gotta go. We don't have a choice. We gotta. No, make I mean, it work. I know it's gonna go. Right. We'll see how it's gonna go. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, I'm figuring we'll use Zoom. Yeah. But we'll, yeah, we'll do we'll do something. You guys still come here. We could use Google Meets. Pass. <clears throat> it might be good. Didn't they know? change the name of it? Isn't Meets. it not Google Meets anymore? Yeah. No, it is now Google Meets. It what used, it used to be to Hangouts. Ah, uh, that's right. Does Discord do video? No. Uh, no. Yeah, because I'd have to have video at least. See your smiling faces like that. All right, guys. <laughs> so uh, I do want to say if you guys could right now, I really want to try to push having you guys share us. Um, yeah, we need exposure. Yeah. Right now, we're kind of I'm plateauing. too good to beg you people for things. Yeah, Josh is No, being... you're not. But, uh, yeah, if you could just share us, just get us out there. Um, Your voice at the beginning of this podcast says differently. <laughs> exactly. Oh, every shit. Week. Yeah, every fucking week. Yeah, so fuck it. I already, I already asked nicely. <laughs> but you were more focused on the, the uh, uh No, Patreon. but for real, though, share us, though. We need it. We need yeah. y'all to get us into the algorithm so we can make cool shit and yeah, quit our terrible day jobs and make enough money to live and just enough to live that's it that's all i'm asking that's literally all i'm asking for which ironically is the name of a song in cannibal the musical 
That's all I'm asking for. It's just enough to live. Uh-huh. Yeah. Although one yeah. of the guys is just yeah. a, a woman yeah. he can yeah. hump. Anyways, so, uh, yeah. So right now, just if you could, share us. Um, try to get us into that algorithm. We've we've kind of plateaued. We're, we're trying to get to that next, that next uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, goalpost. Yeah. The next goalpost. Uh, not enough of you have listened to the Ed Gein episodes, which is upsetting to me. Yeah, Josh put a lot of his heart into the Ed Gein. They're pretty good. They're very good. You should. They're some of my favorite episodes we've done. Yeah. Also, again, I don't. If you haven't seen the Facebook, if you listen to the One Piece episode, uh, the it's when it, the week it was released that ended shortly, it has been fixed. The full episode is now available. Um, go back. There's almost 40 additional minutes of content. Yeah, which uh, we, along with that, uh, we have recorded the the second episode review which is going to go live on patreon at some point i have to edit it and literally i'm both busy and lazy so uh, yes and pinocchio is not going to kill people on its own no lies of p just came out it's on game pass uh payday 3 is on game pass i'm working on my second playthrough of starfield i'm a very busy person yeah (laughs) there's a lot on my plate right now yeah we just downloaded Broforce. I don't know if you just said that literally. I forgot to download it. It's a short download. It is. It took like three minutes. It's called Broforce? Yeah, Broforce. I've never heard of it. Hmm. It's. I don't remember where I've heard of it, but it looked fun as hell. So. Okay. We're still recording, so you guys have to speak up. No! <laughs> I right. no. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening to us. Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Fuck the bitchels. Fuck the bitchels. Shouts out to the remaining plant moms. And their plant babies. And their babies. Be good to yourselves. And, you know, we appreciate you listening. I've been Carpal Tunnel. <laughs> Have you? I don't know. He's, I think, no, I forget what it was. I've been regenerative, regenerative, regenerative. I think I said Texas. Re, regenerative. Texas Chainsaw Escalator or something. T- uh, te- Texas Chainsaw Rascalator. Rascalator. Re- regenerative disc disease. Okay. That's who I've been. And I've been old yeah? age. And we- <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like Nemo trying to say an enemy. <laughs> and we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.